we went back and forth and I said, well, you know where Lyme really comes from. And you know, we went Plum Island and whatever. And I said, no, and to this day, I have no idea what made me say this. I said, the Fae. And I was not somebody who was reading like books about the Fae. Like I didn't, you know. And he was like, what? And I said, yeah, the fairies. And we started talking. And then he said, well, who are they? And out of my mouth came angels who were locked out of heaven. Hey, readers and writers. Welcome to episode 127 of Read and Write. Today, we're chatting with author Danielle Orsino about marketing for new authors and the crazy journey she took to market her own book. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, so it's cold down there today, you said. I'm a little chilly here in Charlotte, but once again, I've been here for two weeks, so I'm getting used to the Queen City. <laughs> So why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners about yourself? My name is Danielle M. Orsino. I am author of the Birth of the Fae series. My first book is Birth of the Fae, Locked Out of Heaven. Mm -hmm. And the second edition has just dropped with its new prologue featuring our favorite fallen angel, Lucifer. And I'm nice. excited to get it moving. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a, a, is this book two or is this revision of book one? This is the second edition of book one because I've okay. just left my old publisher and I'm okay. now, now riding with the four horsemen, Got which it. is very fitting, all things <laughs> considered. That's true. Yeah. The name is very yes. fitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Being on two blasphemy lists, it only seemed fair that I jump with the four horsemen publications. I mean, really. right. <laughs> so this is your first novel, correct? This is my first novel. It's the first in the series, but mm -hmm. crossing our fingers, there'll be a lot more. <laughs> well, congratulations on the first novel, by the way, before we get started. That's always the hardest step is getting that yes. first one done. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what was the path you took to getting started writing? How did you get started? I, I took a very unorthodox path. I didn't know I'd be on the path. Someone kind of shoved me there. Okay. I was actually a nurse working in mm -hmm. an IV room, uh, working mm -hmm. for a Lyme disease doctor. And okay. I had uh, a patient who just really didn't want to do treatment anymore. He was mm -hmm. just done. Um, he was driving up from uh, out of state five hours away and he okay. kind of transplanted his whole life to Westchester mm -hmm. County. And after probably, I think it was about a year of treatment, mm -hmm. he had decided, look, I gotta get home. I gotta get back to my life. This just isn't working. So we struck a deal with the doctor and said, I will drive up on a Wednesday, drift for two hours and turn around and drive home and then come back mm -hmm. and drift Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And wow. the doctor, that, that's a yeah, commitment. I, he, he was really committed and I kind of knew this was not going to work, but him uh -huh. and the doctor were like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And so after about two weeks, he just looked at me and he said, Danny, I can't do this anymore. This was a bad idea. Um, I'm just going to quit. So mm -hmm. we discussed it and he was like, well, then entertain me and keep my ass in the seat. Uh -huh. And so we just had a discussion. I was like, tell me something interesting about yourself, whatever. And he had said, well, I was recruited by the CIA out of college. Ooh, like, <laughs> that's interesting. Oh, okay, well, there's a way to start. Like, how did I not know this? <laughs> and right. um, I'm like, did you take the job? He's like, obviously not. And so we started making jokes about, you know, mm -hmm. all the conspiracy theories that go with it. Oh, we can write this is Roswell and this, you know, what happened, you know, uh -huh. Roswell and the Grays. He said, um, we went back and forth and I said, well, you know where Lyme really comes from. Mm -hmm. And you know, we went Plum Island and whatever. And I said, no. And to this day, I have no idea what made me say this. I said, the Fae. And I was not somebody <laughs> who was reading like books about the Fae. Like I right. didn't, you know. And he was like, what? And I said, yeah, the fairies. And we started talking. And then he said, well, who are they? And out of my mouth came mm -hmm. angels who were locked out of heaven. Once again, don't know what made me say it. <laughs> but that I, launched I really the whole don't. thing. I feel like, you know, just the universe went, here's a nugget. I'm going to throw it at you. Mm -hmm. And so every day that he sat down, I told him another, like, little story about the thing. And about, mm -hmm. you know, this court of light and this court of dark that were fighting. And then I put him in the story as a CIA agent who was there in the Lyme Clinic to find out about the human <laughs> fae hybrid and just making up these stories. And I just uh -huh. did it every time I saw him. So at the end, he was like, 
you got to write this story down. I'm like, yeah, sure, one day, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was like, I'm going to be a PA school. Yeah, I'm going to PA school. My life is set. I'm going to be logical, you know, the right thing. You have a plan. Yeah, totally. Like, I had spent a lot of money on my degree. I was Mm -hmm. not letting it go to waste. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, you have to go write this story down. And then, as luck would have it, PA school went to the wayside when I found out I was anaphylactically allergic to the drugs that I was mixing every day and giving to these patients. I oh, had wow. a needle stick. I had a needle stick accident and I needed to then be treated as a patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, injected me in and two minutes after the IV hit my system, I went into anaphylactic shock and almost died. Oh, wow. And so everything stopped in that moment mm-hmm. and I saw it from the patient side mm-hmm. and I was like oh this explains the hives the not being able to breathe but it, once again I always rationalized it like right. I'm working in a basement um I know I have a latex allergy like there was always something uh-huh um but I still pushed through I still thought I can still go to PA school like I just can't work here but I can, mm-hmm. I can do other things right and then um I saw the allergist and he's like, no, sweetie, you're not allergic to just this man. You're allergic to the entire drug class of cephalosporins anaphylactically. Like you can't be around this. He said, you're a girl. That sucks because that was your life plan. (laughs) That was it. I spend a lot of money. He's like, you're a girl with a peanut allergy working in a peanut butter factory. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, I don't know how you survived this long. I went and I had applied to schools. I had gotten in and they were like, yeah, we don't know how we're getting around this problem. Mm-hmm. You're an insurance problem at that point. Yeah. They were like, like, if you pick another drug to give to a patient because you have to mix it at bedside. They were mm-hmm. like, you're, you're a liability. Mm-hmm. And at that point, my patient who I was still very close with was like, you're going to go write the book now. <laughs> He's like, you're always talking about the universe and the plans. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, you think it's time? <laughs> right. And I was like, okay. So I started writing it, but still in my head, my thick head, I was like, there's going to be one program that'll take me. There's still mm-hmm. a way around this. Mm-hmm. But I started writing it. So that's how I wound up on the path was really this patient pushing me. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for him. And then life just threw you a side sideball there. Oh yeah, the universe was like, oh, you think that's cute? <laughs> Watch this. Like, <laughs> right. here's a pebble at your head. Here's a bigger rock. Finally, here's a brick. Now here's a boulder. What are you gonna mm-hmm. do? Right. And that's how I wound up on this path. That has to be probably one of the most interesting stories I've like, at least one of the most unique, for sure, stories I have ever heard of someone that how they got started writing was just that. I don't know. In a nutshell. <laughs> I have never heard anything like that. I, I joke that the Fae were somehow involved with it. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so it's your it's your first novel. You sat down to write it. What's one thing you wish you knew going into it before you jumped in? Like, what's one thing that was like another curveball? Overall, I didn't know. I did. I'm not classically trained, so. Mm-hmm. There was nobody there sitting saying, okay, this is how you sit and write. I did mm-hmm. not know all the scams that are out there uh-huh. that, you know, um, I had, you know, I had gone to other people, you know, on the internet, you type in like mm-hmm. help. <laughs> right. And there are tons of scams mm-hmm. that are like, sure, send us your manuscript and we'll help you find it, you know, this or that. Right. And I felt for every single one of them. You name it, I fell for it. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of money on editors who were really just trying to, you know, life coach me, which I think is like the funniest one. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't need a pep talk. I just wanted somebody to edit the book. Right. Like, you know. You need somebody to do like the actual physical work of editing the book. Yeah. I, you know, I had somebody that was like, we're going to make this story better. And I'm like, Okay, cool. I just need a line. Like, I didn't know the difference between a line uh-huh. editing, a copy edit. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Developmental edit. I had no, I didn't know any of this. Right. I just wanted somebody to correct my grammar. Sometimes I still don't I know the, the differences. I, I love the word like, 
God knows I love a comma. Love mm-hmm. a good comma. <laughs> I, I didn't know this. And I had somebody uh-huh. come in and at the end of it, it was like, oh yeah, you owe us $8,000, but we're going to get you a ghostwriter. I'm like, no, I, 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 don't, I don't want a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you were... I thought you were working on this. Oh no, all the phone calls. Well, they've been $200 a phone call. And we're oh just my trying God. to feel for you. And we've been, we've been helping you with a life coach. I'm like, I don't need a freaking life coach. <laughs> That's awful. It was just like, I just wanted you to correct my grammar because no, I mm-hmm. suck. I, I write like I talk. Right. I, I didn't realize everybody is out there to like get you. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, because everybody's trying really to make it back. Know. Right. Uh, you know, and then it was, okay, well, you don't have to pay, but what if you give us a portion of the book and we'll <laughs> publish and, you know, there was all these little things uh-huh. and I'm like, I wish somebody had just sat me down and I'm like, okay, so this is how it goes or, you know, and the minute you throw religion in there, mm-hmm. it always tends to taint a little bit mm-hmm. of how somebody's going to view your work right that's just how it is mm-hmm. Those how it is it, like across the board for anybody yeah and yeah I had no idea I had editors who I had some, like my developmental editor on book one um Cleet Barrett Smith phenomenal he was my Yoda like he really when I finally found him I got on my hands and knees and just thanked him because he was great but leading up to it, I had editors that were like, this is the worst book ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. You actually said that? Yes. I had one editor. And That's so mean. Because leading up to, I've written in the series. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, I think it's book six where you finally like, we're in modern day time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have told me this is like your this is your moment, like that's your best one. And right. I have one editor who's like, burn it. <laughs> it's the worst I've read. She was like, throw it away. What the hell did you do? Mm-hmm. And I remember taking it and being like, well, that's the one that's based on my patient. So I kind of <laughs> you kind of need special. that one. Yeah, right. like that's his literary persona. I love that one. Uh-huh. And she was like, yeah, it's it's horrible. And it was my first time writing a sex scene. Right. And I didn't know the right terminology because I didn't want to use, mm-hmm. you know, terms. Right. Right. So I called a woman's private area a flower because I was like, I didn't know. And it was just more of a space saver. Mm-hmm. And she was like, women hate that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I like, I'm still trying to figure it out because uh-huh. I read a, lo- a lot of Laurel K. Hamilton, who I think does regardless of what you think of her mm-hmm. she can write a sex scene and not use one term which mm-hmm. I think is amazing and I was like well I'm reading more Laurel K. Hamilton and like I like the fact that she never uses stuff so I'm figuring mm-hmm. it out and she was like right. this book sucks she's like no so one mean. uses the term flower and I was like oh okay thank, thank you she hated the book since then I've had editors who were like this is your best book Mm-hmm. But she was had a problem with the religious aspect from the other books. Right. And it just tainted how she viewed all my work. Mm-hmm. No matter what I wrote. I, I, I can, I can, I can see that happening. Religion is just such a touchy subject for everyone. Like, basically no one wants to talk about it because everybody has a very strong opinion about it. And I'm like, it's fantasy. I'm writing a fantasy. I'm not writing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, hello. So overall, I think I kind of wish I could go back in time and look at myself and say, look, keep doing what you're doing. Just understand you're wading into some deep waters, girl. (laughs) Have fun, but just know where we're going. Mm -hmm. But go have fun. (laughs) Little things like that. I I think that could be any any new writer just going into that. Like, don't understand what you're getting into, but... No. Go ahead, have some fun with it, and then you learn the lessons later. But I think that's kind of universal, I, I feel like, of, of all the people I've talked to. It's it's a universal lesson that you have to learn going in. Mm-hmm. I think the one cliche that everybody says to you, and it's such a cliche, oh, you got to have thick skin. 
Uh huh. Yeah. Ugh. I hate it because it's like you almost don't want to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want the arrows to bend, to just ping off of you. You right. have to take. Sometimes some you need that criticism because it actually does make you better. Exactly. You need it. And if you have thick skin, you don't appreciate what you've done. Mm-hmm. If your skin's too thick, you can't even look at where you've come from. Right. So at the same like, time, you can't have too thin skin because then your soul will be crushed over and over and over again. Ex- exactly. But you have to look at who's crushing it. It's mm-hmm. like some of it, you don't want to be surrounded by yes men. Mm-hmm. But some of the trolls, you're like, don't let them in. Right. I get threatened daily on Instagram and it's really? gotten to the point now. Oh God. Yeah. And now it's, it's gotten to the point where I remember just recently I had somebody who wanted to send me a book called, it was something about God. I must be angry at God. That was like mm-hmm. just what they wanted. Okay. So I finally, you know, said to them, they said, send me your home address <laughs> so I can send it to you. And I was like, me think about this for a second i was like and my response instead of me going off was i'm sorry lucifer has not told me where we're going to be living in what realm of hell after we're married as soon as he does <laughs> i will let you know that's I'm, a great answer realm three and four of hell mm-hmm. but as soon as he tells me totally we'll get back to you and i'll let you know where we're registered i had to start laughing because mm-hmm. at this point in time if you really feel I need a book and that I'm angry with God and you've never met me, and this is once again, based on a fantasy book. <laughs> right. Does your opinion really matter that much to me? Mm-hmm. Mm, not so much. Probably not. So that skin, you know, and I'm gonna leave it as soft and supple, but thanks again, <laughs> once again, we're good and I'm gonna move along and go about my day. We're cool. I can't believe someone thought you would actually give out your home address. Like Oh yes. Seriously. Yes, Is that's like that, internet one oh one. Don't do that. Yeah, that's why I'm like, you know, like I said, I'm on two blast queen lists, one of whom is still trying to get the Vatican to pull the book. And I'm like I'm thinking the Pope has got bigger issues. Yeah, I don't think the Pope probably cares about, about a work of fiction. It, it's still a work of fiction. So the day the Pope turns around and says, excuse me, Danielle, can I see you at the Vatican? I'm going to be more worried about what I'm wearing than anything else. <laughs> or more worried about how to get to the damn Vatican in the first place. I'm going to be looking going, do you want the crown, your highness? No crown. Like, <laughs> right. That, those, those are the things I'm going to be worried about. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to be like, who do you want the book made out to? I mean, is it your excellent? What do I say here? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. those are my issues. I'm not really worried about anything else. So, you know, at the end of the day, all I did was take take the fay and say, maybe they came from a different place and just turn the origin on its head. Mm-hmm. People are going to be that upset about it. Okay. So my mm-hmm. skin, I'm not going to thicken it up for somebody who's getting that upset over a fantasy novel. Yeah, that seems like the smart move. I agree. <laughs> so the main reason for this episode is for talking about some of the, the crazy things that we've done to market novels. Um, <laughs> what would you say was the craziest one you've done? I did a full theatrical trailer for my book in the middle of COVID. <laughs> All right, so tell me about this. This sounds hilarious. Um, I got the uh, great lightning strike of an idea mm-hmm. that um, I wanted to do a full theatrical trailer for my book. The mm-hmm. original one was almost six minutes long, and then we cut it down to a minute. Okay. Um, there's different versions. But yes, I did a full-on like Game of Thrones, here I am, dragons. <laughs> Chessboard, <laughs> costume changes, uh, music, the whole thing. Because I needed to stand out. I mean, here I am, right. a nobody. Uh-huh. Uh, I did hire a, pub, a PR firm at first that okay. was vetted, 
and came highly recommended who decided 45 days before the launch of my book to release the ending of my book on Goodreads. That was lovely. Okay. Yeah, it was a mistake that had never happened in 20 years. Thanks, guys. How, 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 do you re- how do you mistakenly release the end of a book? I don't um, their that. excuse was that, um, they, I guess they do cue cards for talk shows, like uh-huh. synopsises for talk shows. So the host right. can look like they actually read the book. So mm-hmm. there's a spoiler for everybody. The host never read the book. Uh, <laughs> and so they had done one for talk shows for on mm-hmm. the book. And for some reason, the climactic ending to my book was released um, under the synopsis. That's the only part. How this happens, I don't know. I still find this whole thing so suspicious. Uh huh. <sighs> and like, isn't isn't the, like, the point of that? Even like the synopsis, even isn't the point of that to make the reader want to find out the end of the book? And. Like, well, you see, here's kind of the job of the synopsis <laughs> with the whole thing was, okay, uh-huh. I get that like, you highlight the main points of the book. Right. So if I'm going to go on a talk show, yes, you have to give the ending of the book, I guess. But even then I'm like, it, the ending of my book was controversial for many reasons, mm-hmm. but you know, there was a big religious issue in that. But okay. Right. Always. Sure. Yes. All right. But at a, all the points you only had the ending to put up under the synopsis on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's what they put up. And because they were the librarians, because they're part of their package was we handle Goodreads, because let's face it, as authors, we all tend to stay away from Goodreads because Right, all those reviews, you don't want to read them. And they're all anonymous and it's almost like if you could mind read walking down the street, you'd hear what every girl was thinking about your outfit. Know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's good. Right. So they kept telling me, we'll handle your good reads. So I was like, okay. So they were the librarian. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do it. And they kept telling me, we'll handle it. Something in the back of my head said, go check good reads. And I did. And there was the climactic ending to my book for the oh world to see. And um, that was the only thing they had in the synopsis was how the book ended? Yep. Oh my god, I hope you've like fired them on the spot for that. Uh, yes, I did. But first I had to get it down and I couldn't get it down because I wasn't the librarian. Right. But what was nice was I went through the back end and could at least see when they logged in, Mm -hmm. who did it. So I took screenshots. So I had all the evidence. Right. Got to the president of the company, had my whole meltdown. I played good cop for a little bit. They were like, we're so sorry, we're so sorry. They got it down, but it took them three days. It had been up for two weeks prior. Oh my God. So I panicked. Uh huh. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of, I later found out from um, a contact at Warner Brothers that this is called harpooning. It's very mm-hmm. common in the industry. Basically someone at their, um, on their list of clients was probably a better, a well-known author who had, who most likely already did like a fey title okay and got wind of me and was like now she needs to go oh and just flexed and they said Ugh. this is very common i hate that something like that exists in the world they said so maybe i'm naive but i hate that and they said they've watched it happen and they said mm-hmm. um and then they said uh have you had problems with awards and i said that's so weird that you mentioned it i said i was up for two awards and both times the awards places actually got back to me and said you were in the wrong category. Why weren't you in this? Um, we never received a copy of your book. Things like that. And this mm-hmm. was all set up by the PR. Okay. And they said, yeah, you've been harpooned. So um, they were fired on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to collect money because they said I was in breach of contract. Nothing right. ever came of it, but mm-hmm. whatever. So uh, I decided I have, to, I have to stand out. Right. I have to do something. So we came up with the idea of let's do this theatrical, uh, you know, trailer and show what the book might look like if it was made into a TV series or a movie or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems smart in uh, today's world. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody's looking for the next Game of Thrones and, you know. Right. Netflix. And I, uh, yeah. The whole of the yard. 
Yeah, and I was I was kind of looking at it as I had always played when I wrote the book. I always played it in my mind as a series, mm-hmm. and that's how I wrote it. Right. Um, I was a big fan of the show Heroes. Mm-hmm. So every time, it, let me put it, let me clarify that on um, the first two seasons. After that, it got really weird. But the first, <laughs> okay, I'm sure my husband will agree seasons, with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every time it ended, like you would. You would episode would end and you'd go oh my god what is going on in this show it's so awesome mm-hmm. right i kind of wrote my chapters that way like the minute the chapter would end you'd be like what's going on in this book this is awesome and want to go to the mm-hmm. next one so i thought i'm gonna do a trailer that way okay I, and yeah yeah why not i mean i hadn't mm-hmm. seen anything done i had all seen like people do like shutterstock stuff right and so uh, i had a friend who you know had done work and i'm like figured out called my friend who another friend of mine jacob rivera who's this amazing opera singer Mm -hmm. and he had read the book and i'm like i need you to come up with some music (laughs) and i was like hit up your friends (laughs) yeah i hit up yeah i hit up all my friends and i was like um and i can't pay for it so he was like okay what are you thinking and i said beethoven's moonlight sonata for aurora and for the light fae and then he came up with rachmaninoff for the dark fae Mm-hmm. My husband's cousin happened to be a concert pianist. He's like, I can record it and I can bridge the two. <laughs> Jacob was like, I can sing. They got in the studio. They put it together. This and is then awesome. I, I started calling cosplayers up. And I'm like, I need some armor. And I found uh, Angelica Elphick on, on uh, Etsy. And then on Instagram, mm-hmm. she had armor that I fell in love with for Queen Aurora. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get a mom. Like, I'm like, I'll get an actress. Like, I'll right. find somebody, and, you know. And the armor came in and it was really small. Okay. And my friend looked at me and he's like, well, the only kid who's fitting in that is you. He's like, <laughs> and you got the red hair. So that takes care of extensions and we don't have to buy them. <laughs> and they were like, you're going to be Aurora, honey. <laughs> you're the, the budget. fits in this costume. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. And they were like, and that takes care of that cost. So we literally started picking corners. Uh-huh. Um, my friend, uh, Denise Apostle, is a makeup artist. She came in. She looked at the burn that we had to do for Jarbach. She's like, Elmer's glue, tissue paper, and lube. I can make that arm burn. <laughs> She's like, let's I'm go. I'm loving this story. <laughs> we burnt that up. Um, and then Jacob was like, I got somebody who can play Jarbach about six five mm-hmm. and so i went to andrecore armor we got uh basic armor and then i found ice cube trays in the shape of skulls and i mm-hmm. learned how to cast acrylic as fast as i could uh-huh cast my own acrylic and then started putting the skulls all over the leather armor uh-huh and uh i found on etsy this mask that was just to me so jarbox Mm-hmm. And I went, that's my dark fake king. Mm-hmm. And we put to them, we went to a punk goth clothing website. You think that's how we found the pants? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where we found them. And once again, we did some sewing, threw it together. And then um, I spoke with Mike at Absolute Motion. And he was like, okay, like we have to storyboard this. And Lars was our director. And I said, I want a chessboard because to me, they're either pawns of the mm-hmm. creator, and then they're trying to play their own game of chess with the war. And he was like, they mm-hmm. love it. Let's just get a, a big piece of plywood, paint the chessboard. <laughs> and that's what we did. And uh, we ordered chess pieces at Walmart. Nice. Put it together. Those giant and, yard uh, ones. You know, we had to do what we had to do here. Uh-huh. And then we just, um, I told him, I said, here's the way I want it. We storyboarded it out, mm-hmm. came up with it, put the music together, and then it was in the middle of COVID. So Mike was like, look, I can't have more than eight people on set. Mm-hmm. Right. So we were doing temperature checks, everybody was masked up, and we were in an abandoned, um, like, plaza. Okay. And there was a store that just nobody had used. Mm-hmm. So uh, a friend of ours found it, and he was like, we can use that. We laid it out, and we shot it over two days, 14-hour days. 
and we found, I think, our wings we found on Etsy too, angel wings. <laughs> and we got a bag of feathers uh-huh. and literally stood on a ladder and poured them down. So Jarvok would lose his wings. Right. And we just made it work as best we could and put this big thing. And then Mike was like, he filmed it in color. And then I was like, no, I want noir, black and white. And he just looked at me and he was like, my gosh. And I drove everybody absolutely crazy. I can honestly say that. Um, I mean, we had a, we had like green screen sheets up. Mm-hmm. And just at one point, I was standing up there like the Muppets, just running back and forth, like dropping feathers. And they were just like, "What? What, what, what is she doing?" And we filmed like all of Aurora's stuff one day. Uh huh. Then Jarvok came in, filmed his pieces, and then Mike and I were in editing. Jacob went, and him and Corey went to a studio did all of that and then uh, did the music and then just as Jacob came out I looked at him I said I need you to go back in there and just sing chaos be with you and he just looked at me and went what I said I'm just just like a chance just go with it and he looked at me he was like what I'm like just, just do it and he did it mm-hmm. he's like just like a Gregorian like I'm on my hands and knees in church right? I said yes he did it one take and he came out and he was like it actually worked and like that's he, it sounds he like he was surprised that it actually worked he was he goes you're either a genius or this is a total train wreck he goes to be honest i don't know which way we're heading right now <laughs> i'm like oh neither do i and he's like no idea and we put it together and we actually i think we had like a thousand hits in like the first hour i mean it was just we did really well for a while people were like mm-hmm. i don't know what i'm watching they were like, it's really kind of cool. And then people started putting it together. For the, they read the book. They went back and watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I saw I saw a you know, mermaid fin and that was Serena. Now I get what he's doing. And that's Jarvok's armor before, you know, before he crashes. People uh-huh. started kind of, it was cool. Like they were putting it all together. Right. And we had a really good time with it. So, and then Jacob's Chaos Be With You made it to the audio book. We wound up using it oh, in nice. the audio book. So it, it was, it was cool. It was something different, but yeah, it was like, do I regret it? No. Could I have gone about it differently? Uh-huh. Oh, completely. <laughs> Especially There's in the middle no of COVID. Oh my God. Months. That's true. Yeah. I'm glad you cut it down. Now, yes, does this exist? Cut it down. Does this exist somewhere on the internet so I can watch it? Oh yes, it's on my Instagram page. The minute is on the Instagram page now. Okay, is We've the six minutes somewhere? On my Instagram page. Um, I'm intensely curious. Is the six minutes does this does, does the six minute exist somewhere? Yes, I still have that. I cut okay. it. You know, I do have it. I'll send it to you. Um, it was my curiosity has to be sated here. I have to see the whole. Yeah, thing. it was a lot of fun. Um, it's we've actually had people ask us to enter it in film festivals. Mm-hmm. Because they said it's just, they were like between the music, the somber music, and everything that goes with it. We have a voiceover. I tried uh-huh. my hand at acting. Nobody's ever going to call me for an Academy Award. Let's just be clear. <laughs> I can't add either. I can barely do my yeah. own like audio recording. Uh, I, you know, nobody's going to ask me. But what was interesting is it also gave me more, uh, more insight into like, the armor when I write mm-hmm. like I'm like Jarvok will never have a cape when he fights I realize right. like little things like that uh-huh. like oh okay but um, it's funny I've had fans like read into the um, into the trailer more on okay. the chess board and they're like is that Lucifer and the creator playing chess and using that as pawn like it's kind of cool because it's been dissected mm-hmm. by fans so right. I enjoyed that aspect of it but would I do another trailer? We've talked about it for book two. Oh, yeah. But um, what I think I might do is wait a little bit and then do maybe a bigger trailer to include all the books. That probably seems like a smart financial decision. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and wait till COVID's over. Yes, definitely. If it yeah. ever does end. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How much? Uh, what was the budget for this? Um, I think we, I think we spent about 10 grand on it overall. Wow. 
in the middle of COVID was not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, I can't imagine that it was, no. No. But it, you know what? Like I said at the time, you know, it was something that we were trying to do to stand out. We uh-huh. definitely stood out. Right. Um, and it got us a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But um, if I did it again, I would want to add my bishops. I had more characters I wanted to add. This was just Aurora and Jarbok. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd want to do it a little differently next time. I, f- I feel like I kind of agree with you waiting until like maybe the series is over and then your fans can dissect it even more and they see all the other characters possibly that you could then possibly yes. put into it. I don't know. I'm like doing some things for you now, but it, <laughs> it sounds interesting. Like, like I'm, I'm intensely curious. I have to watch this thing now. So, wow. Where do you go from there? What was your, <laughs> what was your next marketing step after that? Like beam up, you know, what? we've, um, we've been joking. Like I said, we've been joking and, um, you know, Jacob and I had always talked about what the next one was. And because, mm-hmm. you know, the next couple books, we introduced more characters. We had wanted to wait and do something a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and introduce these other characters and kind mm-hmm. of see. And I want to see my dragons involved. Mm-hmm. So that was a reason, you know, with this, I couldn't, uh, obviously I couldn't animate my dragons. My dragons right. are so specific. Right. That even that though this trailer so was mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just, you know, they're, like I said, they're specific. I have ice breathers with tusks. I have so many different things that this, mm-hmm. you just see um, like a wing of a dragon at the end. Right. You don't see my dragons, mm-hmm. which is where I'd want to go. So I kind of feel like the next step is just somebody call me for an anime. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the next step. Just, just right. call me. <laughs> Let's see. But um, we'll see where we go. I think marketing wise, really, you know, I think. I feel like Bookstagram is the next, you know, they're the new gatekeepers, especially right. because we can't do book tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Bookstagram, they're really book talk. Yeah. That's, that's the that's way to the go. Next one. Um, I, I do think though that this opened me up more to cosplaying as my characters. Mm-hmm. And so that was interesting for me because I've been a cosplayer. I hadn't thought of taking that next step to be my own right. characters. Mm-hmm. So, doing the trailer definitely opened that up and seeing even someone else as Jarbok that was that was wonderful to me I mm-hmm. I would love to be at a comic con at any con dressed up as Aurora and seeing a Jarbok walking around or seeing an Asa mm-hmm. and seeing these characters right my next marketing step would be to do a calendar with cosplayers as my character and that would and, be fun you know, doing something like that being mm-hmm. like okay i can step back as aurora and let someone else do it or uh-huh. even pose with them as aurora and you know have a new jarbok have an uh-huh. asa a priya something like that zion finally realized through through these other people's eyes i think that mm-hmm. would be pretty amazing that does that does i think that I don't know. I, I I agree. It sounds amazing. Like I've always said that my main goal with writing is to have someone write fan fiction of my stuff. Like and that, yes. that's kind of the same deal. It's like exactly. it's just physical fan fiction of your own work. I think that's really the next step is to put it in the fans' hands and say, okay, mm-hmm. where do you guys see it go? Mm-hmm. Because I think as writers, that's really what it's all about is how you touch someone else. Mm-hmm. How did they take your words and interpret it and run with it? Mm-hmm. So I, agree. I think really from a marketing perspective, I'd like to see someone take these characters and um, take their own creativity and artistic flair, mm-hmm. meld it, and then put it into their own lives and go on a con floor and see. I mean, you know, I'd love to see the Power Brigade marching down. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, how does somebody make an illustrious blade? Cool. Right. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> let's see what the fans can go up with. Cause I, I know some, um, I know some cosplayers and man, I feel like they're like some of the most creative people I have ever met the way oh they figure out how to make things look like they do. I don't know. I just, wow. <laughs> yes. 100%. And I think when they truly, um, when a character truly resonates with them, Mm-hmm. Th- there's the sky's the limit mm-hmm. and I think um, as an author you can't ask for a bigger compliment 
right than when they take it and go with it so i would i would love to see that and yes the business side and the marketing side is oh great you know there's somebody walking around as, as your character mm-hmm. you know that helps you but just from the heart right from from like the writer side something. you're like yes exactly like that you've connected with that person in some way and that has got to be the best feeling in the world yes i would think what would you um so if you if you had to talk to like a new author who was just starting out doing their own marketing would you suggest making a trailer or something else um i probably wouldn't suggest making a trailer <laughs> <laughs> to pull back a little bit on that um i think for any new author the things i tell them one get your headshot right mm-hmm. uh because nowadays for podcasting and for even for instagram mm-hmm. you know I've seen new authors and it's always their cousin's wedding photo that they were in. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they're like you can tell that they had the bouquet and they kind of like cropped right. it. And you can just see the edge of the flowers and the uh-huh. shoulder of the person they're next to. I always tell them get the right headshot. Mhm. It doesn't need to be professional, to be- but it has to be you and not like yeah, not wedding attire. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like even if it's something that has to do with your genre. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're writing historical fiction or something, go take a picture, you know, on the steps of your city town hall or, you know, your town hall or mm-hmm. something, you know, something right. cool. Spend the money on your headshot, get your makeup done, do that kind of stuff. Have that type right. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn one social media platform. You don't have to be on all of them, mm-hmm. but just figure out one and get that down. Which one would you recommend the most? I personally like Instagram because I feel like it's Mm -hmm. easiest to navigate. It is very visual, especially for books. Sometimes that helps for covers. Yeah, because you can can put up a quote Mm -hmm. and there's enough apps out there that can help you. You know, there's Bold, um, there's Motionly, Lightly. All Mm -hmm. of those can help you create your content and kind of boost it a little bit, bring it up a notch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Bookstagram crowd is on Instagram. You know, right. on TikTok, I haven't even, I haven't even tried that yet. <laughs> like, well, I'm just figuring out. They Wait. say it's the new wave. It's the new Instagram. Yeah, you know, that's what all the kids are saying. Um, I haven't gotten that far, <laughs> but I just, I feel like learn one. You don't have to uh-huh. learn all of them, but just figure out one to start. And then you can kind of gauge and go Then add there. the other ones, yeah. Yeah, but get your calling card right. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, you can kind of go from there. But I think I found that, you know, some authors like, it's all about my work. Yes, it is about your work. And God knows, pay for the editor. Don't tell your editor you're dyslexic. Learn that lesson. Don't tell <laughs> wait, wait, backtrack. Why Why should you not tell your editor that you're dyslexic? Um, I made that mistake. And literally, she was just like, oh, she'll never see these mistakes. I ain't corrected this. And, um. <laughs> Yeah. What kind of shoddy editor? Oh my god. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you right now for the line editing. Don't tell them you're dyslexic. Let them think you're dumb. You don't mm-hmm. care. You're paying them. Mm-hmm. What do you care? What you what they think of you? Because I did that. I literally was like, oh my god, they're gonna think I'm so stupid when they read the word body. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Because that those are the things like I was worried about. Mm-hmm. And. You know what? No, I didn't catch you freaking mistakes. Why? Because I'm dyslexic. So, you know what? Don't tell them. Make them work for it. This is what you're paying them for. (laughs) Yes. I can't believe your editor did that. You have had some bad luck. I have. And, you know, like those are the little things when you sign, when you finally get that, like if you decide you're going to go traditional publishing Mm -hmm. or hybrid, whichever one. Make sure it's the right fit. Interview them the same way you would interview somebody you're going to hire. Mm-hmm. It's gotta, it's gotta be a marriage. Sometimes I think as authors, we are so grateful someone's going to take us. It's almost <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> we are on speed dating, mm-hmm. and we've been through the entire room, and we're at that last person. And they're mm-hmm. like, I kind of like you, I think. And we're just uh-huh. like, oh my God, we're going to get married. No. <laughs> that is a great comparison. Yes, I agree with this. It's like, no, no, no. Just because they said yes doesn't mean they're the one. Right. 
Because to switch publishers as somebody who's going through it, mm-hmm. it's a pain in the ass. And you have to make sure as much as, you know, you think, oh, I just switched. It's my book. No, mm-hmm. people. You can own the rights. You can own the trademark. All that BS. Trust mm-hmm. me. They can be shoddy and shady about it. They can be looking at you going, I wish you well. I only want what's right in your book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Tell me another one. And the new publisher is looking at you like, hey, we're going to get started. And the new publisher is so happy to have you. They don't mm-hmm. want your drama. Right. They don't. So they're going to do what they need to do to get you started. They're not going to go clean up the mess from the old publisher because it's not their responsibility. And technically, legally, they can't go and do anything about what happened over there. Right. That wasn't their it's job. In the other pers- it's, in, it's in the other person's yard. They're not going to mm-hmm. go clean up somebody else's yard. Mm-hmm. Would you go clean up your neighbor's yard? Hells no. And that other publisher that was like, I only want what's right for you and all. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell you something. If there's a pending order uh-huh. that's still sitting, that maybe you thought you were going to order before you left and was like, oh, maybe I need five more copies of my old book. No, no, no. I don't want it. Uh-huh. They didn't cancel it from the queue. Right. Guess what? Your book isn't canceled. It's still sitting there. <laughs> so they still own part of it. Well, no, it just won't get canceled, so it'll still be out in circulation on Amazon. Oh, I see. Okay, I see where uh-huh. you're going with that. Mm. Mm, yeah. So your new publisher is sitting here saying, dude, I'm trying to get your book going, but it's still out. But the other one's out in circulation. And you're going, no, I got the email right here that says the book has been canceled. You'll never know. And you're sitting there going, <laughs> what the hell's going you see, it's a pain in the freaking ass. Mm-hmm. And nobody sits and explains any of this to you. So wherever no, not you at go, all. you want to make sure the marriage is good. Mm-hmm. Because really, you want to date them before you put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're jumping in. And we're jumping mm-hmm. in with both feet. And you don't know. Right. So don't be too quick. Talk to them, interview them, make sure. Mm-hmm. And understand the process. Because if you're learning as you're going, as I am, mm-hmm. mistakes are going to get made. So now, any you cho- should know. Okay. Now, did you choose hybrid publishing or are you going full regular publishing? Old school publishing? I don't know what to call it anymore. Uh, I, everybody seems to be hybrid now. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who's really old school. Like, I'm right. not sure. I guess well, there I'm are some... I, I literally just interviewed someone who's still very hardcore old school. Oh, but yeah, really? I agree that it seems like the trend is going hybrid. Yeah, um, the four, uh, four horsemen are considered hybrid. Mm-hmm. So I do have some say, some control still, mm-hmm. which is really, really nice. Um, it What was great about them was when they approached me, they said the same thing. They were like, do not say yes to anything right now. They were like, sit and talk to us. We probably had three or four conversations. Okay. Of that here's sounds what we're pretty looking. decent. Here's what you want. They were like, come back to us with questions. And I did. Mm-hmm. And I kept coming back saying, well, what about this? What if this happens? And they were like, we'll get back. And they didn't know the answer. They said, we don't have that answer, but we'll get back to you. And mm-hmm. we'll find out. Okay. And Seems we pretty kept legit. Yeah. the conversation going. And I, mm-hmm. I really like that about them, that they were honest with me. They were, they were all about transparency. Mm-hmm. And that's what ultimately made me make that decision. I also wanted somebody who was fantasy driven. Yes, that it seems like that's important, especially for like uh, if you're doing the whole, I don't know, agent to then publishing house, you need someone who works within that genre and you're not going to be their first fantasy book. No, I hadn't. (laughs) And as lovely as that sounds, you need somebody who knows the genre mm-hmm. um, because it it comes into play even on your cover design. You can have, look, my first cover was gorgeous. I loved my mm-hmm. first cover. It was beautiful. What I didn't know was I had all words. I had all, you know, all uh, words in the cover. I had no pictures. That right. was geared more toward young adult. Mm-hmm. My book is not young adult. Uh-huh. 
they also put me in the Christian fiction category. Oh, I, then I would not say your book is Christian fiction. Yeah. It's little things like that. Mm -hmm. To whereas the minute the four horsemen got me, they were like, why are, why are you Christian spirituality fiction? Right. And you like, should be in like fantasy. <laughs> I, they were like, what is going on? They were like, uh -huh. why are, why do you have photography on your cover? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's pretty, you know, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> right. hey, I like it, mm -hmm. you know, and I had, I had a lot to do with my first cover. I was like, this is what I want. There was nobody there to guide me that said, look, right. Like, look, this is cover. probably the wrong decision. But if you did a gold outline silhouette in the background, that would help this. Mm -hmm. Or you can have this, but let's do something over. So they were like, you're a cosplayer. Let's put you on the cover. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I was told that's vain. And they were like, who the hell told you it was vain? <laughs> they were like, no, put you on the cover. Uh-huh. This was all advice that's very much needed mm -hmm. when you don't know what the hell you're doing as a first-time author and somebody who just tripped into this business. Right. So once again, very helpful. Um, stupid mistakes I made. With the first book, I got a social media manager because I didn't know Instagram at all. Uh huh. Um, within two weeks, he pissed off every bookstagrammer out there. <laughs> oh my god, you have had the worst luck. I I did because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I hired him, I vetted him, and he was like, "Oh," and I'm not going to say the pop star he claimed to work for, but he was like, "I was selling stuff," and I'm like, "Oh, wow, okay." You must be really good. Would a better question be asked? Why aren't you still with that pop star? Um, and he claimed he still was working with them as with photography and all this other uh -huh. crap. Oh, okay. So the problem is, is that, and this is for any, any new author out there. If you want to hire a social media manager, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, mm -hmm. they have to understand publishing. Publishing is a different animal than, say, fashion, beauty, fitness. Right. Because he went on all the bookstagrammer pages and put, hey, have you heard about our book, Birth the Bay? Okay, that's mm. a problem because some of these bookstagrammers are, are officially influencers. They're getting right. paid. So if somebody is paid for a book tour and they paid $150 and that mm -hmm. person's hosting it that day, you can't go on their page and decide to advertise your book on someone else's hosting. Right. You stupid idiot. Well, he did this on probably about 500 bookstagram pages. Oh my God. Now, they don't know he's doing it. They, they think, think it's Birth you. The they just, they just, yeah, they just, they just know the book. They don't care who's actually posting it. So I had a bunch of this. Now I had one. And to this day, I will shout her out because she was so helpful. The book arena contacted me and was like, look, I'm going to let you know because you're new to Instagram. She went and looked me up and mm -hmm. she said, you cannot advertise. And the only thing that saved me, I was contrite. If I was a bitch back, probably mm -hmm. would have lit my ass up. But she, right. but I told her, I said, it's my social media manager. I had already asked him to stop. I'm sorry. And she said, and I apologize. Usually she said, because you're apologizing, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm just going to educate you. This is why. And she goes, this is going to affect your reviews. And I don't want to see that happen to you. Right. And I said, thank you so much. She goes, this, and she explained the whole thing to me very nicely. And mm -hmm. her and I are now friends. And I sent her a book and I said, thank you so much for explaining it. She goes, but this will most likely affect your reviews moving forward for other people. She goes, even if they're not coming back and telling you. She's like, you gotta get him to stop. And I said, 100%, I agree with you. I'm so sorry. And she mm -hmm. said, because we're, you know, those other people are influencers. She goes, I'm not saying I'm one of them, but other people are. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you're affecting bottom lines here. And then other authors who paid for tour stops. Right, goes, they might not go back to the influence because they had this happen on their page, yeah. Yeah, she goes, now you're affecting tours. She's like, do you see the cascade? And I'm like, crap. <laughs> I had to go back I had to apologize and like I said the book arena thank god she broke it down for me mm -hmm. I went back and told him he goes no this is how it's nice I don't care 
pull it. He goes, well, it wasn't me. It was the software. And he made up a million excuses. I don't care. I said, pull it now. He pulled it. But if it wasn't for her breaking it down for me, I wouldn't have completely understood it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized it doesn't matter if you have a social media manager or not. It's always it's coming from your page. You're responsible. Yeah. If it's your name on it, it's I don't care if you're like JP Morgan. It just if it, it has your name on it, it's it's your problem. And like yep. you have to that it's yours. Exactly. And I was like, okay, and that was like one of my first hard, really hardcore lessons. Mm-hmm. Of you have to understand. So even if you hire a social media manager, you have to understand publishing mm-hmm. versus all the other stuff. Right. You know, you're not an energy drink, you're not whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to understand your world, your realm. Right. And that was, that was a hard lesson for me to mm-hmm. really get, and, you know, it was, I got it, but it was just the way it went about it. It was very public. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay. I feel like I've said this so many times, but I cannot believe the bad luck you've had in like just the whole process. I think it's because I, I didn't go into it thinking I'm, if I had gone in, like if this was a nursing thing. None mm-hmm. of these mistakes would happen because I know the industry. Right. Because I went into an industry cold. Mm-hmm. And I think I went into it like, unfortunately, a lot of people go in mm-hmm. because I still get this said to me a lot. I think I have a book in me. I've always wanted to be a writer. People think you just sit down and write. Yes, you have to do that. But you have to do a whole hell of a lot of other stuff, too. Exactly. And I didn't know the steps. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my publisher was very nice the first go around, but they didn't take my hand and say, okay, do A, B, and C. It mm-hmm. was more, you got a book, go. And I'm right. like, oh, what, what could I? And then I'm doing it during COVID where there's, no, there's no book tours, mm-hmm. no appearances. You have to go make this happen for you. Right, you have to do and it I'm online and that's so much harder. And I'm like, I gotta do what? And I'm like, I thought you guys were gonna help me. Oh no, this is our first fantasy book. We don't know what we're doing. Oh my God. And I'm literally like, oh, and then I go and I hire a PR firm thinking, Mm -hmm. well, they're going to take my hand. Right. Yeah. They took my hand for a month and they were like, yeah, we can't get any traction on you because right now it's COVID and nobody's really loving nurses. And I'm like, it's COVID. Everybody loves a nurse. Right. And it's COVID. Everybody's reading during COVID. Yeah. And they were like, well, no, people are reading, but they don't want to take a chance on a new author they're reading mm-hmm. harry potter they're mm-hmm. they're going back to deborah harkness they're not going to you and i'm like okay okay mm-hmm. you know i'm like i what what do i do so I'm, I'm gonna go make a trailer i'm gonna do all these out of the box things i can think of right and then i'm like okay i'll go get a social media manager i'll do what i think is right mm-hmm. because i'm trying to get help where i'm lacking but yeah, maybe I need to go create more content or get a social media calendar. But if you think you're getting help, it's really hard to see the forest through the trees. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's very hard starting out on your own. And um, I, I'm assuming from our conversation that you didn't go through an agent to a publishing. You just went straight to publisher. Um, originally, I had an agent. Um, okay. I was offered... Uh, a contract. Originally, I had an offer from um, one of the big three and one mm-hmm. of their alternative uh, title imprints. Okay. But uh, that imprint was for their metaphysical imprint, and they okay. only they fulfilled their fiction um, for the year. So they okay. said, "Come back to us in six months. Cut the book in half, and we'll take you." Okay. And my agent at the time was like, "I don't want to wait that long." Mm-hmm. And so she held the letter and was like, let's, let's see what else we can find. Okay. And so I was going to self-publish instead. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just self-publish. Right. And people were, I think that's the, was, the thing that a lot of authors are doing right now is just, they just, why don't I just self-publish? Why don't I cut out those middlemen? And I was getting kind of weird feedback on it, like one way mm-hmm. or the other. I was going to go that way. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just self-publish and kind of skip all of this right uh and then my friend a friend of mine who uh icon was like well why don't you just publish with us and you'll be our first fantasy Mm -hmm. instead of waiting for um simon and schuster 
and wait six months mm-hmm. and do their uh, their Beyond Words imprint, who was interested. And so I was going to do that, and then I wound up going with Icon to do to do right. this. Uh, basically, it was you know a little bit of the speed dating thing of like nobody will want me. What if I wait and they don't want me? And, right. You know that I've kind of wasted this time. I panicked. Mm-hmm. So I, I wound up going with Icon to do it, and um, I don't regret it. But then I, you know, because it, it led me to the Four Horsemen. Right. So um, I think I, it's almost like I got the rough cutout, if that makes sense. <laughs> and now it's like the, the rough cut. draft of releasing your novel. Yeah, I, I feel like now what's out is the director's cut. Uh-huh. You know, I'm kind of pulling a Zack Snyder. Uh huh. You got the studio version. Now you got the director's cut. Mm. So um, four horsemen <laughs> have the director's cut now. Uh huh. And um, you know the second edition is has some of the deleted scenes I wanted to put in. Um, mm-hmm. I have this this long prologue, not long, but this prologue that tells you a little bit more about you know what's going on leading up to the war. Okay. Uh, I have this beautiful cover that I get to be on. I, who doesn't want to be on the cover? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I'm a cover girl. Right. I'm excited about that. Um, so it feels a little different. Mm-hmm. And they're already gearing up to release the second book. I think they're getting ready to put put out links for uh, the pre-order in the next, you know, coming months. Nice. Like in the next two months. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they seem to have a marketing plan and things in place. That's good. So. It's good that somebody's helping you out, helping you out with that. Yeah, it's it's different. Um, you know, there is talk of an anime now. So. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, I've written the script. <laughs> That's um, nice. How was writing I've, a script versus writing the novel? Totally different. Totally different. Totally, utterly different. Um, <laughs> it was really cool because. I usually write with um, music in the background, mm-hmm. and I, I have a soundtrack. Even it's on my Instagram uh, page. I have a little, uh, the little icon for the soundtrack, so I got to use that and put it in. Nice, and that was really kind of cool. Uh-huh. But it's completely different when you're hearing the voices and then mm-hmm. looking at the book and kind right. of taking because it, 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 the it basically cuts out all that description pretty much it feels like it's almost totally action and dialogue right it feels naked a little bit Uh uh-huh it's kind of weird but um with writing a script you have to put in for animation and write the camera angles Uh uh-huh okay so i kept like panning and then thinking like exactly how you want it so Mm -hmm. it it was really interesting but i really i enjoy it yeah i'm an anime fan Uh uh-huh so i really enjoyed the animation side of all of this uh, so I, I loved that portion of it. Uh-huh. And I really, that's probably my dream is to see this as animation. That, sound, that, that sounds amazing. That I would really love that, like a graphic novel. You know, my comic mm-hmm. book geeky side. Right. Totally in. That's why I, when <laughs> I did the audio book, uh-huh. that was like one step closer. Because now I have mm-hmm. voices to go with it. Right. So I'm like, we keep getting a little closer. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm getting there, totally getting there, but <laughs> I keep climbing that mountain. We're gonna, we're gonna get there. I think um, that's probably why I've commissioned artists to do some of the pictures and things mm-hmm. like that on Instagram that they see, because uh-huh. like, I keep like it's that manifestation thing. Right, just make it happen. It all comes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Get a little bit closer. Get a little bit closer. This was awesome. We are rounding our hour here. Um, quickly, before we end, uh, so where can listeners currently get a copy of the book? Uh, second edition is available right now um, on Amazon. Kindle mm-hmm. and paperback is available. Uh, nice. The second edition has a mermaid on the cover so, awesome. and a dragon, so you kind of can't miss it. <laughs> right. It's not just text anymore. No. Um, and that's available on Amazon and Kindle. And then the audiobook is available on audible and that is the blue cover okay so it's uh now did cool. you do your own uh audiobook or did you hire that out uh actually it was uh skyboat skyboat media called me after they read it oh okay and asked to do it and 
and uh, nice. it was really really cool. I have two beautiful narrators, um, Stefan and Gabrielle. So okay, so they split up the point of views. Book. Yep, it's really cool. But they let me read the dedication and the author note and acknowledgments. Nice. So I got to have a little something to do with it. That sounds awesome. Was, uh, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. They were, um, they were awesome. Just talking to them, and mm-hmm. they even called me to do a vocabulary reading. Okay. To make sure so everybody's make sure you're pronouncing everything correctly, right? Yeah, it, I thought that was really kind of that's a neat nice touch. Because yeah, I've listened to so many audiobooks, and then you go to the next book, uh-huh. and they're pronouncing something totally different. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, did you listen to the first book? Like, right. What happened here? You know. Uh-huh. So I thought that was really cool that they kind of went through mm-hmm. it all, checked it, um, but. I, the audiobook I absolutely adore, and I was so happy to hear it. So mm-hmm. now I play that sometimes while I'm writing the script. <laughs> that feels very meta, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I'm like, it's, you know, it kind of does it for me. So, yeah, you know, you do what you got to do. It works. <laughs> um, and lastly, uh, where can uh, listeners connect with you online? Uh, they can find me at birthofthefay.com and then on Instagram mm-hmm. at birthofthefay underscore novel and Twitter, which I'm just learning. So bear with me at uh, mm-hmm. birthofthefay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. It was a pleasure talking with you tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Stay warm if it drops temperature again. <laughs> I probably will. My heater's already on. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Join me next time when I'm going to do a reading of Armand Rosamelia's work. Until then, keep reading, keep writing, and go do what you do best. You got this. Read and Write Podcast is edited and produced by Deborah Zebarth. Theme music was written and performed by Jay Hunger. Audio facts were created by Red Octopus and Black River Phonogram. Show notes and previous episodes can be found at readandwritepodcast.com. Special thanks to Danielle Orsino and all the subscribers who make this podcast possible. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, read, and write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read and Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast's YouTube channel for Write With Me Monday's live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays.